0: Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen.
1: And I could not be more pleased to be joined by one of the top guards in the entire country. And if you don't know who she is, you are going to know at the end of this podcast how good of a basketball player Nia Clouden is for Michigan State. Nia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us.
0: Yes, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Okay,
1: So listen, listen, Nia, anything goes right here. So strap it on because I'm all fired up. I had a couple of cups of coffee and I had a good breakfast. So I'm all excited about spending time with you. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So first, um, you know, I see the game through an offensive lens. So I'm constantly watching great guard play in college basketball. And I use the word great loosely at times, but not in your case. I think you're terrific. What makes your skill set so good with the ball in your hands?
0: Yeah. First, I just want to say thank you for the compliment, but I think it's really just about Years and years of practice. Um, I first got, like, my first trainer, individual trainer, when I was 11. His name is Rome Holly, and then I've been working with him as much as I can ever since then. So now it's pretty sparingly just, like, in the summer, but used to be all the time. So just working with him, and he's, like, a real basketball mind. I think he's a basketball genius, but we work on, like, ball handling, shooting, pick and roll stuff, just being able to read the game and just doing stuff that's more than just – Ball handling and shooting just even more being able to read the game see plays ahead of ahead of time and stuff like that
1: I think the game is made up of fundamentals you mentioned those pass shoot and dribble and then there's concepts and in the women's game very much like the men and everything seems to be a trickle down from the NBA a lot more dribble handoffs a lot more ball screening a lot more isolation how important is it or was it when you were a younger player to know how to play and all those actions before you got to college?
0: Yeah, it was really important, definitely knowing that in college, I'll have to be able to read a ball screen, uh, create off of a handoff. So those are definitely points of emphasis in high school. And I went to a really good high school in St. Francis Academy in Maryland, where we played a schedule that really got us ready and was similar to a college schedule where we got to play on a, a national high school showcase level of, t- of competition. So just being able to prepare myself there and then going to college with already having that experience of coming off ball screens and stuff like that, it really helped.
1: You are approaching, um, I used the word great, but now I'm going to use the word elite, elite status. You're 49% from the field goal, from field goal range, 40 from three and 91 from the free throw line. Okay. There's not many 50, 40, 80. You could be a 50, 40, 90. Now you're talking about Elena Deladon kind of numbers. All right. That's just phenomenal, right? How come yeah. you're such a good free throw shooter in an era where free throw shooting seems to be disappearing?
0: Yeah, I think that's because like growing up, I always worked on mid range most of, for most of my shots. And then that carries over to the free throw line. It's about 15 feet away. And then just growing up, I'd be in the driveway. I have one of those hoops outside, like everybody has. And it's only so much space. So like 15 feet was almost
1: like as far away as you could get. So I was just shooting from back there all day, practicing and practicing. You know, I mess up the yard by going too deep in the grass, or, right? I'm sure I, I get it. I understand. can't get my shoes in the grass. got <laughs> it. Uh, so, uh You're actually fourth, or excuse me, sixth in the nation at the time of the taping right now in scoring in the country at 22 points a game. There's not many players averaging over 20 points in women's college basketball. You carry a heavy load for your team. What has that been like where you guys are a little shorthanded? Give us a little narrative of what's going on right now inside Michigan State's depth.
0: Yeah, it's been tough, especially since the start of the year. We had two big season-ending injuries with Toria, Tori Osman and Julia Aero, Um, two players who are definitely going to be starters for us and were veterans junior and senior. And then as the seasons kept going on, we've had Mo Joyner go out with concussions, and then we've had several people be in and out with COVID protocols. And, and thankfully, I've been healthy and uh, not sick, so I've been the one. Uh, trying to lead us so it's been hard but um, the coaches and the teammates they've really made it a lot easier Um, just by being in my ear and having confidence in me and knowing that I'm a capable player I can lead this team on the court and vocally so just always being in my ear and telling me that no matter who's with who's with me and who's available to play like whoever's out there everybody has
1: my back. Let me give you a couple of numbers here because, um, I, I look, as I mentioned, it's all offense. I know you're a good, quick athletic defender. You can guard multiple positions, but we're not going to talk about defense on this podcast, okay? We're going to talk about efficiency, all right? I already mentioned you're nearly 50, 40, 90, okay? Now you got to get up a couple of more percentages in the mid-range, so you need to knock down a few more shots, okay? So the next couple of games, we'll be watching for that. But in, in averaging 22 points a game and sixth in the nation in scoring right now, you're only taking 14 shots a game. That is highly efficient. How are you able to do that?
0: I think a real point of emphasis for me every game, I know I have to get to the free throw line. And um, I try to work to get there on purpose. I intentionally go to the basket, knowing uh, what situations will be able to put me to the line and just going up strong and trying to finish through the contact And um, even if they found me just trying to be able to finish through there and anticipating the contact, but at the same time, not being too worried about it to where it'll throw off my
1: shot. So definitely really important uh, getting to the line for me. Now the headline for you should be the 50 point game that you put up against Florida Gulf coast. Now that was amazing. 17 for 28 from the floor, 15 for 17 from the free throw line. And my favorite number, of the whole thing, is zero assists because, come on now, we're not out there to pass. All right, 50. What was that like? What did that feel like? And did you have any idea, you know, what your number was as you were playing into overtime in that game?
0: Honestly, it was just crazy the whole day. So, um, my teammates, they told me before the game they were going to be setting me really good screens and all of that. So, we came out in the game and they did just that. Like, they got me open on ball screens, off ball, and then um, I actually only had like one three that game. So most of my buckets came from mid range and it was just like, I was taking them and they were all, all going in almost. So, and then um, getting to the line again, but it was just really crazy. It's it still like people would ask me after the game, what did it feel like? It kind of doesn't feel real, but um, during the game, I knew I was coming up on 50 just because they had it on the, the shot clock and the scoreboard and it was so mm-hmm. big. And then, my teammates, you know, they were in my ear a little bit about it. So, and then being able to go to double overtimes, it was, it was just a great game with Florida Gulf Coast, but the double overtimes is really where I was able to score uh, 50. And I think I only had like 37 or something like that after regulation. But, um, yeah, and then my teammates and everybody just kept going to
1: me. So it was just, it was just crazy. Only 37 at the end of regulation. Come on now, Nia. I mean, <laughs> come on. All right. Listen, I've been on the floor with one of my teammates in college at NC State that scored over 40. So I know what that felt like from a perspective of being on the court and watching your your teammate just absolutely go off. So I can imagine how much fun it was. And I'm sure Susie kept calling your number over there. Coach Merchant yeah. just kept dialing it up, right? She did, she did. Back to back. That's good, okay. So here's, um, I wanna go into another little territory with you. Like your freshman year, you were honorable mention in the Big Ten. Your your sophomore year, you were second team all Big Ten. Last year as a junior, you were first team all Big Ten. So your climb and your rise in your celebrity is directly related to the work that you put in in the offseason to get yourself ready. A Mm -hmm. lot of times people don't want to put in the work, but obviously you do. What is the thought process when you're in the gym by yourself and you're working on your game and you're trying to get ready are you imagining yourself going against Iowa and Caitlin Clark or against Maryland and Ashley Owusu are you thinking about those kinds of scenarios or how are you making sure that you stay focused and not get too high or too low knowing how much is a responsibility you you have for this team
0: yeah um definitely in the off season going into my workouts I try to try to picture the game my mom always tells me to see the game before it happens and then and then do what you saw um in your vision so just being able to see the game and knowing what kind of situations I'll be put in um when the season comes is something I take very seriously in my preparation and in the off season. just focusing on myself and what I can do better whether it's three-point shooting or defense or uh, making reads off pick and rolls and all of that but Honestly, um, it all just comes from practice and then not being too low or too high because I've been in both situations where I've scored 50 and then I've been in situations where I've gone one for 15 and had like three points and all of this has happened in my college career. So just um, being able to look at all these games, watching a lot of film and then seeing what I want to happen next and then going out there and practicing in the offseason is definitely how I approach it.
1: I know you have a great relationship with Coach Merchant. I, I read her post-game quotes. Um, so I know how she feels about you as a player and I know how much she cares about you as a person. That relationship has got to be critical, especially this year. And tell us a little bit about how you feel about Coach Merchant because we know how she feels about you.
0: I love Coach Merchant. Ever since I got here um, in the summer, of my freshman year, it's kind of like we've been this close. So. she took me under her wing as a point guard and as a freshman who was going to play a lot their freshman year and she's taught me the ropes and everything and um, she's just always had my back no matter whether I'm having 20 turnovers because we had had a close scrimmage against Notre Dame my freshman year and I had like 13 (laughs) turnovers so I was and that was coming up the year they won the national championship so she's just always had my back and been there to correct me and, and she gets on me when she needs to and and we just have a, a give and take relationship where we can both listen to each other and, and both um, just listen to what each other's saying and see what's going on in the game. And then she just takes it another level. Like even this year, uh, she just took me and her. We both went on a trip to Minnesota to go see the Minnesota Lynx and watch Ariel Powers play and just spend some time together before the season. So um, she's always really cared about our relationship as head coach and point guard. And so have I. And uh, it's honestly really special.
1: What did you learn about Coach Merchant on your trip to Minnesota to watch former Michigan State great Ariel Powers play? Honestly, the biggest
0: thing I learned is, like, she's a lot of fun. Like, we got to just have a lot of fun on the trip, um, go to restaurants, go to brunch, and have fun at the game. We, it wasn't anything too serious, but I just got to learn um, about her more as a person, and just she's a lot of fun, and <laughs> especially when situations aren't as serious as they are now during the season.
1: Oh, she's a lot of fun. You just wait till you graduate and find out how much fun she is. <laughs> That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, she's, she's definitely one of the fun ones out there on the road. Uh, so you are a combination to me of analytics and instinct. And it's a brilliant combination. I say the really best guards, especially point guards answer what I call the three W's. Who to get the ball to, when, and where? You have the ball in your hands a lot. So let me take you through a, a couple of strategy type things that I'm curious about how you and Coach Merchant would handle these situations in a late game because now we're in conference play and everything is a late game situation, right? Because the game shrinks and teams know each other so well. Everyone in the Big 10 knows all about your scout. You know, it's just, it's just that challenging now to win in conference play. So in a late game, do you want to screen? Or would you rather go one-on-one? I would usually say I want to
0: screen, but um, ever since I have 50 points, people have been playing my ball screens like really crazy, sending traps, hedges. Um, So now I would probably say one-on-one just to have more space and eliminate the chance of like a double team or a trap or anything like that.
1: In the women's game, inside a minute, we have the opportunity to advance the ball with a timeout. That's not always something that you have to do because you have incredible speed with the ball in your hands and you're a 91% free throw shooter. Are there times where you and coach merchant decide, you know what, we're not going to call timeout here. We're going to inbound it and play the full length of the floor. Um, Honestly, we usually try to go
0: for the timeout to advance it. um, Just so in case like they try to send people up in the front court and like, press a little bit. We don't get any into any sticky situations like jump balls, traps, or backcourt turnovers close to their basket. So I like um, the timeout to be able to set stuff up and drop a play. But then even then, if the play breaks down, um, it's kind of like she trusts me to freestyle at that point.
1: I know that you can play with three or four fouls late in the game because you've, you've done it. All right. You've proven that you can play with foul trouble and we know you can't get in foul trouble near right just let them score you know you can get to, and one on the other end so mm-hmm. don't worry about coach merchant telling you to get in a stance all right just just keep scoring all right mm-hmm. just kidding honestly. She's probably be. yeah you can tell her she'll <laughs> she'll appreciate it um if you're up l- let me ask you this if you have fouls to give we don't really want you being the one to give the foul, but there might be a time where in the game you might have to give one, especially late if, and that's part of the reason why you can't be in foul trouble, right? right. Uh, how, what's your, what's your philosophy on understanding how to do that? Cause I know you practice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: We were kind of in a situation like that. Our last game against Nebraska, I have four fouls, so I wasn't able to do that, but if I didn't, I, um, I like the the fouling and then um and then um, either putting them to the line if we're up three or like just having them restart their play or draw something new up. Um, I like it just because it, it throws them off balance a little bit and uh, they're expecting to go run their play and score, but you kind of like throw off their timing. So I like it.
1: Sometimes coaches have a philosophy about this. Up three, do you foul? Do you not foul at the end of a game or end of the quarter for, for women's basketball? What do you think about that? Um, I think it's really
0: risky and I think it depends on a lot of things. For us, I wouldn't be like averse to doing it because even if they make the two free throws, I'm confident enough like if I can get the ball, I can make the other two free throws on the end. And then even if I make one out of two, I'm confident that we can get a stop or I'm willing to take the
1: risk. So I think it's it's really risky and it's it's 50-50. It just depends on situations, right? Who who it is. So you have enough rebounders on the, on the, uh, free throw line, that kind of stuff. Okay. That's good. That's excellent. Okay. Um, how do you and I get on the Susie Merchant radio show? Mm -hmm. I mean, I called in one year as a surprise. I wasn't an invited guest. I just kind of, you know, showed up. Mm -hmm. How do we do that sometime? You and me just show up on the radio on Susie Merchant show. Can we just take it over one day? Yeah, I think
0: you're gonna have to come up here to East Lansing, and we'll just crash the party, go on live with no no call
1: in, no. It's like a real surprise.
0: And just take over.
1: What is your relationship with Tom Izzo, the head coach for Michigan State on the men's side? I personally love him. I think he's unbelievable. Uh, He's a credible guy. He's accessible, and I love watching his teams play. What's your relationship with him? honestly it's basically
0: like I'm a fangirl (laughs) but I see him here and there like I don't get to talk to him too much but I see him here and there and he's come and talked to the team a couple times and have like gave us words of wisdom which is really nice of him and stuff but I really kind of like a fan I see him as kind of like a celebrity walking through but and um, I would try to watch his practices, see how he coaches, and then see how the guys play and stuff. But it's just good having him around because you know the the standard that he brings to Michigan State basketball. And he's been doing it for a long time. And and exactly how he is on TV is how he is in person and how he
1: is in practice. So he's just a, a real guy. He really is. He's really a great study. His, team's, uh, his team is really good this year. And... Uh, They'll be fun to watch in March. They always are good in March. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think your WNBA stock value is right now? Um, I wouldn't be sure exactly where it is, but
0: I would say it's going up um, because I feel like I've been playing well and putting up points and also rebounding, playing defense and just doing what I can. So
1: I feel like I'm doing my part in everything. So I, I think it's going up. I think it's going up too. Uh, And I think if you keep working as hard as you've been working through this portion of the season as you get into conference play, give me a little bit of an assessment from your eyes. Uh, Caitlin Clark and Ashley Owusu are two guards that really get a lot of publicity. Grace Berger at Indiana. I mean, we can go down the list. There's a lot of really good players in the Big Ten. Um, Just sort of give me your scout on Caitlin and on Ashley.
0: Yeah. Kaylin Clark, she's really, she's a tough matchup. Um, she can score from anywhere on the court. She has vision like crazy and her teammates, they do a really good job of making themselves open and available. And, and when they get the good pass from her, they finish. So um, she's just a really good all-around player. She's um, I noticed playing her this year in her second year, she's become even more of a leader for them on the team. But yeah, she's just a, she's a killer for them. And uh, she's a really great player. And then moving on to Ashley, she's a great player also. I got to play against her in high school a little bit. That's both being from the DMV area. Um, but she's, she's like a real a hooper. She's a big guard. She uses her size, gets to the basket and finishes well. She's also a great passer and gets to the line. Um, just really similar to Kaylin Clark in the way that they can both score and pass. That's what I would say are they both biggest takeaways
1: from what I see. Well, I think you're right up there in uh, the list of top guards in, in the Big Ten for sure. And on the national stage, I think it's I think you're you're not behind the curtain like you have already opened up the curtain and people are watching. So the spotlight is on you um, this season and certainly the WNBA coaches I know are aware of your game. Nia. Uh, I want to ask you about you know, Susie's court at her house. Like she's got a court in the house, right? I mean, like when you go over there, do you play horse? Do you play pig with the boys? What do you do? I mean, can you beat those two kids, her two sons?
0: Yeah, easy, I can beat her kids. <laughs> but yeah, we play we play all kinds of games, whether we play in like two on two, three on three, or it's just like a half court. So we usually play that or horse or um, knockout or lightning, whatever. They call it. They call it lightning up here, but where I'm from, it's called knockout. So, that's what I um, call it, lightning.
1: Yeah, I don't know about lightning. i have not heard that before. But knockout is our game, right?
0: Uh huh. Yeah, that's yeah. that's usually the the favorite one we play out there. But her court, her house is so cool. Like she has a, a pool, a volleyball, a beach volleyball court, like a basketball court. Like it's just crazy. A movie theater. Love going how to her you, house.
1: How do you get a membership to the Susie Merchant <laughs> Country Club? It is a
0: country club for real. They they have enough space to put some golf holes out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need to get her on that. She needs to add some holes out there and play some golf. Then I'm coming to East Lansing. She mm-hmm. gets the golf course in the backyard or gets a little par three back there. You can count mm-hmm. on it. I'm I'm in for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely come during the summertime.
1: Right now, uh, I'm gonna No good. Too Yeah, clouds. I checked the weather. It's 25 degrees and it's sunny, <laughs> but it's going to snow tomorrow. So yeah, and Good it's luck. already it's already like a foot of snow out here. <laughs> yeah, not for me, Nia. That's not for me. Uh I tell you what, I am so glad that you took the time. Thank you for giving us a chance from your busy schedule to be able to spend some time with nothing but net. And I, I wish you well as the season goes on. We're gonna keep an eye on you. Yes, thank you for having me. I had fun. You are fun, and it is fun having players like Nia and a 5'8 senior from Michigan State last year, first team all Big Ten on the Nancy Lieberman watch list and more to come this season. Keep an eye on Nia Cloud in Michigan State. Thanks a lot, Nia. Thank you.